Amen. Good evening. Happy New Year. Happy. Hey. Um, Happy New Year. Uh, I heard someone saying to me that this is the year 2020, which means 20 plenty. Hey, I like that. Plenty for you, plenty for all of us. And so may it be a year full of God's goodness, plenty of, you know, his miracles, his work in your life. May it be so. So that's my prayer for you this evening. As we're going to just jump into the sermon tonight, it's such a privilege and an honor to come and share uh, in the evening service like, like tonight and for the first, you know, night of the year. That is like so cool. So I'm really honored and I'm very excited to come and share God's word with you tonight. Without any further ado, please open with me in Matthew chapter 11, verse 2 to 6. Matthew chapter 11, verse 2 to 6. I want to be reading it from the NIV version. If you are there, say amen. If you don't have your Bible, you can watch the screen. Thank you. (laughs) When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you for your word. Your word is truth. Your word is life. And as we share around your word tonight, Father, may it be you, Lord, who unpack it for us. But not only that, we will be hearers, but may we be doers of your word. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity, Lord, to be in your presence and to hear what you have to say. In Jesus' name, amen. This is a passage of scripture whereby John the Baptist, he's in prison. Remember John the Baptist? He's that guy that baptized Jesus in the beginning of the Bible, when, in the beginning of the chapter. When Jesus was about to start his ministry, he went to John the Baptist. And when John saw him, he proclaimed that this is the one. This is the Messiah, the one who was to come. I must grow small and he must grow bigger. And so John was now caught in prison, and he was caught in prison not because he did something wrong, no. The reason that John the Baptist was in prison is because of he spoke against the king of the day, Herod. He said that, Herod, you shouldn't be marrying this woman because it's like your cousin's connection is not right. (laughs) And so he was saying this thing, and Herod heard about this, and he sent out an army to go and capture John the Baptist. So now John, he finds himself in prison. And so he, he's wondering, what has gone wrong? I didn't do anything wrong. I actually went to prison saying the right thing. And now John the Baptist, he's stuck. He's in prison. He's thinking, what's going on? Why am I in prison? Because I did nothing wrong. Who goes to prison? Everybody does something wrong, isn't it? But John the Baptist, he's wrestling with this thing. He's saying, why am I in prison when I have done nothing wrong? Jesus, interesting enough, he sends back the answer. But the answer is not what uh, John is looking for. 
If you just read it again, you will hear what Jesus said. The question is, are you the one, the Messiah, the one we should be looking out for? Jesus doesn't say, yes, I am. He says, go and tell John what you hear and what you see. The power of the good news is not only in words, but in action. As we begin the year 2020, 2020, as we begin this year, I would like to highlight the title of my message. In 2020, he is still Jesus. Amen. In 2020, he is still Jesus. Why is he still Jesus? Because he says to John's disciples, tell John what you hear and what you see. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy at length, the deaf hear. Go and tell John, I'm still the man. Go and tell John, I'm still Jesus. The same one that he proclaimed. Remember that when the scenario, when it took, when, where it took place, the voice was heard from the heavens, isn't it? The voice that said, this is my son whom I loved. Listen to him. And it happened just when Jesus got baptized. John heard this voice. But today it's different because John is behind bars. John is battling with this. Why is John making a big fuss about it? If he knew this is Jesus, Jesus, by the way, is John's cousin, people. I mean, he should know more or less this is the real deal. But suddenly, John, we hear in this chapter, he's in doubt. Have you ever been in doubt? The Lord has done some things for you, but somehow this time around, he's not coming through. And then doubt sits in. It creeps into your heart because you're wondering, is this the same God that I've been worshiping all along? Who would allow me to go through such difficulties? Is this the same God who would allow me to face such pain? Is this the same God? And Jesus is saying to John, yes, I am still the same. But John knew scripture. He knew that Isaiah chapter 61 verse 1 is the scripture that spoke about the Messiah. It said that the Lord is the anointed one. And as he was anointed, he was anointed to bring the good news. To set the captives free. John the Baptist got stuck in that part. Setting the captives free. I'm, I'm kept. In prison now. Are you still the Messiah who's going to be able to take me out of prison? Can you see the doubt creeping in? Why is the doubt creeping in? Doubt creeps in because John finds himself in a difficult situation. Whenever we find ourselves in a difficult situation, we quickly turn and we say, Lord, where are you in this scene? In this year, in 2020, the word is this. He is still Jesus. He still set the captives free, not just from prison itself, but from the prison of sin. He sets us free from 
being in darkness, and so we can be in the light. When we couldn't see how life should be, he opens our eyes from that blindness and we can see. When we couldn't hear his word and understand it, he opens our ears, we can hear and understand his word. He's still the same Jesus. And so tonight I would like to highlight the four things that each and every believer will face this year. The four things that each and every one who's a believer in Christ and in God will face this year. How do I know that? Thanks for asking. I know that because the Bible tells us what are those four things. The first one tonight is this. Each one of us this year will face this fact. And that is we're going to be asked and required to live the call. You're going to be required to live the call. How are you going to live this call? Now the call is in twofold. The first part of the call is what God has put inside of you and the gifts and the talents. If you have a vocation that you are in, in that space, God requires that you give nothing less but your best. You are called to fulfill his mandate in that space. That's the first call. You're going to be required to live that call and excel in that call and hone that skill and know what God is saying. If you're studying, you have to give it your best because it's part of God's call in your life. If you're working, give it your best. Don't go, ah, they're not paying me so much. And then you start to idle in it. Do not do that. There is a call on your life to excel in what God has put in your hand. Excel in what God is. That's the call of God in your life. Then there's the second part of the call. The second part of the call is the call that God, for us, those who believe in him, is called so that we can advance his kingdom. To advance his kingdom means that we are to listen to him. We are to hear what he has to say every time. We are to be with other believers in this environment like we are tonight. It's the place we are to be so we can be able to fulfill God's call. Can you hear? This one is the call of the church, the local body, the role we are supposed to play. As a young adult tonight, as an adult, as an elderly person, what role are you fulfilling in God's kingdom? What place do you have and space you play your role in? Tonight the word is this. You are required to live the call. No one is allowed to be on the sidelines. No one is allowed to just be a spectator. We are all required to live that call. The question this morning is this. What is your call? In your space, in the kingdom, in the local church, where you are now, what is your call? The word requires us that we are to live that call in 2020. We are to live God's call in where we find ourselves. What is your call? What is your call? Years ago, I like to say this because it's true. Years ago when I was still in Sunday school, I was young and handsome, but now I'm only handsome. <laughs> in those years, 
I remember they taught us a song. Dig a little bit deeper in God's love. And the song went like this. Why don't you dig a little deeper in God's love? Why don't you dig a little deeper in God's love? Why don't you dig a little deeper in the storehouse of His love? Why don't you talk a little more like a Christian should? Why don't you walk a little more like you know you should? Why don't you dig a little deeper in the storehouse of his love? Why must we dig into the storehouse of his love? Because there we find who we are. Someone once said, I looked around. And I got distressed. I look within me and I got depressed. But when I look to him, I find hope. I find life. I find direction. I find where I need to be. Because it's only in him that we can know who we are and what our call is. Do you know tonight what is your call? What is your role? The Lord is calling each one of us. As we enter this year, the Bible keeps on calling us. It's a song that constantly plays, someone once said. And it calls us closer to him. Come, this is who you are. This is who you are meant to be. If we do not find those things, the world suddenly overwhelms us. When you find yourself overwhelmed around your identity, you must know you're not doing you. You are doing someone else's recommendation about you. It's only in him that we are able to live the call, the purposes of our lives, but also to fulfill a kingdom mandate. Let us live the call in 2020. If you do not know, find out. You're at church. There are leaders, there are pastors, there's groups you can be part of. You are called so that you can fulfill your call and be filled in the kingdom. Amen. The second thing you're going to face this year, and I'm sure of it, is not only the call upon your life and who you are called to be in the Lord, but the second thing is that will you be able to believe his promises? Will you be able to believe his promise upon your life? Are you going to be able to sustain and say, Lord, I'm keeping on keeping on. No matter what, I'm keeping your promises. What is God's promise for you and I? God's promise for us, it's found in Matthew 28 verse 20. It says, and behold, for I am with you till the end of the age. I am with you through and through. If God is with us, doesn't it necessarily mean that we actually have all that we need? If you have God, what else do you really lack? He's the same one who raises the dead, the one who heals the sick. But will we believe his promises or the promise that he has given you? 
Perhaps you're sitting here and you say, 2019, I did receive God's promises, and I haven't seen even one coming through. I'm still waiting for God's promises. <laughs> and in Hebrews chapter 11, it tells us that all the saints, they received it by faith. And they took it as if it was real. And they made it part of their lives. To say, God, if you say it, it's done. Because they understood this element. Whatever that you believe and you ask of the Lord, the Bible says in Mark eleven twenty four that you will receive and it will be yours. Believe his promises. A young man was driving in town with his dad. And as they were driving in town, it was in the olden days where there were no cell phones and the car broke down in the middle of the road. They pushed it on the side way and they parked it there. The dad came out and his boy was 11 years old, but he was scared that somebody would break into the car. And so he asked his son if he can just wait here with the car and he's going to go and get some help. The dad went and he looked for help. And then it got late at night. Around, they got stuck around 1 o'clock, around 7 o'clock in the evening. Only the dad came back with the tow car. And when he got there, he couldn't believe that his son was still waiting for him. He went and he ran to his son and he hugged him and he said to his son, weren't you worried that I wasn't coming back? Weren't you getting scared that it's getting late and I'm not here? Didn't you worry that maybe you must follow me and find out what happened? Didn't you think perhaps it would be better for you to get some transport or taxi and go back home? And his son replied and said these words to his dad. Dad, you said to me, I must wait for you. And you said to me, you will come back. And I believe, I believe that when you said that, you are going to come back. You are going to come back. If God said he's going to come through in your life, and he gave you a promise in your life, believe it, even though it doesn't come through in your own time frame. The fact that you believe it, it honors God. And in time, God comes and he goes, oh, there's my daughter, there's my son. They believed, they remain, and now I'm going to come through for them. Nothing in this world comes just for mahala. Everything comes at a cost of trusting God, of obeying him, of living for him, of taking his word in our lives and believing it and applying it. In 2020, you will be required to believe his promises upon your life. In 2020, you will be required to stop to step in line with what he has to say. The question is, will you believe him? Will you continue to take away from the shelf those promises that he gave you? The ones that you stored away, the ones that were disappointments and they didn't come through. Will you believe him? That he 
will come through. Even if he doesn't come through, you still believe that he is God. He is still Jesus in 2020. Nothing changes because of what is happening around us. Here is a sentence. Our circumstances do not define who God is, but they do form our character. Our circumstances do not define who God is, but they do form our character. It's how we respond to him. Do we respond in faith or do we respond in doubt? We see here John the Baptist, the man who saw Jesus. I'll say it in Harangua language. The man who saw Jesus, fengu, fengu. <laughs> face to face. This man, he doubted. And so we are required to trust the Lord and believe his promises. And when we believe his promises, we will see him coming through. Do you believe his promises upon your life? Or have you been disappointed and you've shelved them somewhere? Or you've thrown them in a bin somewhere? Oh, I want to encourage you tonight. Go back and see what the Lord has said. Journal it if you haven't and see him coming through when you least expect it. Because his ways are higher than our ways, isn't it? And his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And we are to trust him and believe his promises. The third thing that you will be required to face this year is not only to live the call of God upon your life or only to believe his promises and believe them and live them out, but also you will be required to take on the challenge. You will be required to take on the challenge. Life, as we know it by now, it's unpredictable, isn't it? It's certain, at certain times, it throws curveballs. It doesn't matter. A curveball doesn't matter how much you try to duck. Somehow, it just comes to you. <laughs> That's why it's called a curveball. And so life throws some curveballs at you. You'll be required to take on some challenges. You'll be required to trust God and also obey him. And so are you going to trust God when the challenges come? John the Baptist is in he's stuck. He's challenged. His faith is challenged. Even Jesus said to him, you know, let no one else, you know, miss it because of, you know, me. Let no one else miss it because of me. Let no one else. Because in other words, Jesus is saying to him, let no one else find themselves saying it's my fault they are going through what they're going through. Let them not find themselves wondering, am I able to deliver them? Because challenges sometimes when they come, it's difficult. We feel this is unfair, unjust. This shouldn't be happening to me. And so when this happens, 
we are overwhelmed by the challenges, whether it's sickness, whether it's the modules we didn't pass, whether it's the job that we lost, whatever the case, financially, relationships-wise, whatever the case, we find this disappointment. These are the challenges that come our way. It's guaranteed to come again this year. How will it find you? Will it find you solid, trusting God, obeying him? Or will it find you weak and unable to stand when you're required to? A woman by the name of Florence Chadwick. Florence Chadwick. She was a champion swimmer in 1952. In 1952, she took on the challenge to swim from California coastline and swim towards the Catalina Island. The distance was approximately 41.84 kilometers. She was swimming this in the Pacific Ocean, in the peaceful part of the Pacific Ocean. When people heard this, they came and they volunteered to come and help her because in the Pacific, there are sharks, people. And they don't care if you're going to be breaking a record or what, they're going to bite. <laughs> but Florence Chadwick was determined to swim 41.84 kilometers. And so people came and they volunteered their motorboats so that if they see the sharks, they can just fend them off so that she can be able to reach her goal. And so she started to swim. And as she was swimming, 15 hours later in the water, I don't know if you've even just checked the Atlanta, Atlantic, Atlantic Ocean, and you put in your, your tippy toes. It's freezing! It's, that, it's, it's so cold, it goes from your feet right through your body. Now she is in the Pacific, swimming for 15 hours. 15 hours while she was swimming, a fog came in front of her. She couldn't see where she was going any longer. But she kept on going. An hour later, she was completely exhausted, physically and emotionally drained. She asked one of the motorboats if they can just pull her in because she can't continue anymore. And so she got into the motorboat. They went back to the coast in California. And when she got there, the news people, the media was there. And they put the mic. Florence, what happened? What happened? And Florence said, I can't believe it because as I was swimming for 15 hours, the fog came and I couldn't see the shoreline anymore. Only that when she got into the boat, that it was just 1.6 kilometers just to get to the coastline. She only had to go for an extra 1.6 kilometers to the shoreline. Can you imagine how disappointed she must have felt? 15 hours later in this cold Pacific ocean water. And so, two months later, Florence Chadwick decided to try again. And she started to swim. And lo and behold, the fog came back. Isn't that life? Every time, just when you try to do something, it just seems like something bad seems to come there. That is the challenge.
The challenges are there. And so the four came. But this time, instead of her giving up, she continued to swim. And she continued to persevere. And she continued to be bold. She continued to believe. That beyond this fog, there is a shoreline for her. There is the coastal part for her. It's waiting for her. And so she kept on going and persevering and swimming and pushing through until she reached the shoreline. And when she arrived, the media again. Florence, what happened this time? And she said, this time... Even when the fog came, I knew that beyond this fog, there's a shoreline for me waiting. Beyond this fog, I have a place that I can say I finished my race. And this year, wherever there would be challenges, continue to persevere, continue to swim, continue to endure. Because when the challenge is there, once you break through your Victory is assured. And so in this year, in 2020, don't be scared to take on the challenge. Because when it doesn't look good anymore, believe that God has got something bigger, something for you that he has at the end of this channel, of this challenge. Florence Chadwick did it just to prove a record. But for us, it's a call to an eternal victory. A victory that changes lives. That helps us to be who God has called us to be. So we are called to live the call. We are called to believe the promise. And we will be required to take on the challenges. The fourth point is this. We will also be required to produce kingdom fruit. We will also be required to produce kingdom fruit. Nothing that is worthwhile just comes at no cost. I've mentioned this earlier. And so to produce fruit in the kingdom of God requires that certain things may change. It requires that we live a life worthy of this call so that we can be able to show that the Lord is real. When there's no fruit, how is anyone going to ever believe that the Lord is real? That we are just individuals who believe in Jesus, but we cannot show it in our lives. We cannot show it in our actions, in our speech. In what we do, we're going to be required to produce kingdom fruit. A fruit that will show, even as a local uh, church, that are we playing a role in, in our communities? Are we making a difference in areas where we live? We're going to be required to produce fruit. So, Tonight I've brought something. Um, 
It's my travel bag. Let me just maybe show it a little bit. <laughs> it's my travel bag. With every travel bag, if you especially use the airport, they normally just don't take your, your bag, isn't it? They take it and they put it on a scale. And the lady goes, uh, hi, sir, hi, ma'am. Uh, can I just get your bag? And they go, Pataka! on the scale. On the scale, the scale maximum is 20 kilograms. If it goes 22 kilograms, they say, ma'am, this is heavy. Would you like to take some things out or would you like to pay for this extra load? If you dare say you pay, it will be like paying for another 20 kilos for just an extra two kilos. So it's more expensive. So you have to take out some things here. If it's too heavy. Now, perhaps in 2019, you were dragging some heavy things and, and now you're in 2020. This cannot continue because the stuff is heavy, man, from 2019. The stuff can't continue. It's heavy. You're dragging this thing and you feel, no, man, this is the new year. I want to try something else. And so you decide, maybe it's time for me to change some things. And you open your bag and you want to see if you can remove a few things. And you look through your bag and you go, oh, let's see what's also here. And the first thing you take out, then you say, you know, it's a life. This is a life of sin. I don't need a life of sin anymore. And then you put it down. You say, I don't need this. This is heavy. A life of sin is heavy. I cannot continue living like this in 2020. And then you say, hey, let me see if there's something else I want to change. And then you look and you say, I want to also change. You know, I, I'm, I'm living with unforgiveness. There's a lot of people I'm holding a grudge against. I don't want to anymore. I want to forgive some people. I'm in pain. They did me wrong, but ay, 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 they wait. Uh-uh, I can't do anymore. And then you look again in your heavy bag, and then you find another. <laughs> and you say, this, these are my doubts, you know, my doubts about God. I mean, I've asked him for things and nothing happened. Hey, my finances are in a mess. Hey, my relationships, I don't have anyone in my life. Hey, there's so many things that you are just, you are overwhelmed by this heaviness. And then you put it down and you say, Lord, I don't want this anymore. And then you look through your bag again and you look through your bag and you find another brick it has, hey, hey, and you think this is not working anymore. I cannot continue with this disappointments, doubts, my relationships, my finances. Lord, I was sick in 2019. I'm still sick in 2020. You didn't fulfill your promise, Lord. I don't know. And you say, Lord, these things I don't want in my bag anymore. But then what is required for us to live the call? What is required for us to believe the promise? To take on the challenges? To produce kingdom fruit? I would like to suggest a couple of things that you can put 
in your bag in 2020. The first one I would like to suggest is how about putting on faith? And you walk around with faith. Because your faith, when it's right here, it covers you. You know what? God is who he is. I'm wearing it like a crown. Because faith is necessary for this journey in this year, in 2019. I have my faith on. I'm trusting God. Even when he doesn't come through, even if he's still God. Even if in 2020 he is still Jesus. Nothing changes because of my opinions or circumstances. In 2020 he is still Jesus. In 2020, you realize perhaps one of the things I can take this year, I need to improve my life of prayer. I need my prayer life to be better than it was in 2019. I'm deciding that is what I'm going to put in. Because if I'm praying, I'm able to see and ask God what I need to do next what needs to be done? How can I do it? You have a life of prayer. Perhaps if you were not journaling before, this year you may journal. Because God is saying some things to you. It's a two-way street. You're not only praying because there's crisis. Lord, please help. You're praying because you are also seeking him. You pray because you want to know what he's got to say. This year there's a week of prayer and fasting. I would like to encourage you. Find a date. Be engaged. Come. Because God wants to speak to you too. Not only one way, street prayer, and you only do Jeremiah 33, verse 3, call on me and I will answer you, hey, hey. But you are not responding to him. Prayer, life. You have faith, you have prayer. What else do you need? I would like to say you need the word. Amen. You cannot do this year without the word. The word is like a GPS. It's like a human manual. It tells us what we are to do, who we are, how we are to respond to God and those around us. What are we to do when life is tough? We can learn from others' mistakes. We can learn from how they did it. We can trust God because we see how he works in his word. I would like to suggest in your bag this year, take on the word and put it in your travel bag in 2020. The last thing I would like to suggest for you to take on is that this year that you may connect, that you may connect with the right people. Be on the right WhatsApp group this year. If you're on Facebook, be on the right association and befriend the right people on Facebook. Because when we connect correctly, we can connect and be in a live group where other believers are there and we can be encouraged by what they say and who they are and we can live a godly life worthy of the call. This year, as you enter, I would like to 
encourage you. Whatever that you put in there, make sure that it's going to be able to take you through 2020. Because you'll walk comfortable like I'm walking now. Because you know, if something needs the word, it's in there. If something needs prayer, it's in there. If something needs faith, it's in there. If something needs a connection with a brother to pray with me, it's in here. Why? Because in 2020, he is still Jesus. Jesus is saying to John the Baptist, I am still the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Amen. I would like to invite you to stand, please. I don't know what is in your travel bag as we start this year. But we are called and required to leave the call to believe his promises, to take on challenges, and to produce kingdom fruit. I want to pray for you that this year, may he gives you, give you the wisdom you need to know what must go into your travel bag for 2020. Father, I want to thank you that each one of us here tonight, you have an appointment with each one of us. That's why we are here, so that we can hear what you have for us as we begin this year. Father, I pray for each and every one that, Lord, you will be the one who makes it clear what is it they need to take in this year, in their journey, so they can remain true to the call, so they can continue to believe your promise take on challenges, and produce kingdom fruit. I speak your blessing upon your people, Lord, that as they seek you with all their hearts, they will find you. Though you're not far, your word affirms us, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name that this year, no matter what happens, may you still be Jesus in their lives. In Jesus' name. Perhaps you are here this evening and you have never made a commitment to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I would like to give you the opportunity as the year starts, let it be the one thing that you can take with you in your travel bag. If you are here, I would like for you to follow me with these words. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your sacrifice. I thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross for me. I ask, Lord, that as you have died on the cross for my sin, that, Lord, I ask that you forgive me for my sin. I repent, Lord, from my old ways, and I choose tonight to follow after you. I ask, Lord, that you may cleanse me of my sin, that today I ask that you may take me as your son or daughter, Lord. I ask that today I will be called a child of God as I make this commitment to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've prayed that prayer, there will be leaders here and the pastor. Please come. We would like to seal it off for you. And for all of you, I'm wishing you a great year with the Lord. May he continue to be with you in 2020. May it be a year of plenty 
in him and for you. In Jesus' name, amen.